Hello, hello, hello from wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is the Rambler and the Gambler. Joined by my co-host, he is back, Dan. Welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, I appreciate your buddy Ryan stepping in and analyzing the over-unders for all 32 teams. I was selling, buying, moving, and it was uh, quite stressful, so... Glad to be back, ready to talk some pigskin. I don't know if we're allowed to say pigskin anymore. We might just call it the, the round oval with uh, with strings. You know, I know everybody's a little sensitive these days about names, but I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. The Washington football pigskins. Yeah, exactly. It's like they couldn't have figured out a name. Um, yeah, so doesn't feel like football with, you know, zero preseason and weird offseason and, you know, Eight. hockey and basketball playoffs and Eight people in the stands. Yeah, but uh, here we are. Week one is upon us. Before we jump into week one, I mean, obviously the biggest storyline of the football and football offseason and the world is obviously this COVID thing. This COVID thing. This COVID thing. You know, (laughs) this is rumor. Yeah. might be true. There's a pandemic going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, it's true. You know, the NFL didn't do a bubble concept like hockey and basketball did. And I'm really interested to see how this plays out in so many ways. You know, the first first point is there was really no training camp. Like, the guys reported late, and the first four days were, like, COVID testing to mm-hmm. get the test back negative. Yep. And obviously there was no preseason. Nope. So I feel like the teams that have all the new regimes, the new coordinators, the new systems to learn, the new rookies, are going to be way behind uh, the curve because... Well, from game action, yes, but they still, they don't had, have, they still had practices. And they don't have... Yeah, but they're unpadded practices and, you know, it's not the same thing as, as real time. So yeah. I'll be curious to see how that works out. I saw a stat that they lit, that they, they gave, they administered... 64,000 COVID tests between August 12th and September 12th, which technically hasn't come yet, but currently, and only five positive tests out of 64,000, which is really a good ratio if you think about it. Uh, Yeah, they're not doing the bubble concept, and I read an article earlier this year about how each town and each uh, stadium was going to basically dictate who they're going to allow in the stadiums, if any, and at what capacity, so... I mean, you could have a you know a game where you know, like in Seattle, where you're focused on crowd noise being a big big factor, and if they don't have any fans, I mean, is that going to affect the home team? Is it not going to affect anybody? I mean, like you said, they didn't do the bubble concept, so there still is going to be travel, and you have to imagine at some point, you know, somebody's going to wind up testing positive, which could potentially, you know, stop gameplay. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about the NFL that I, you know, from what I heard, and obviously just from, you know, knowing that when you travel, it's very, like, you get on the plane, you go, you go to the hotel, you stay there, you go to the stadium, you play, you come home. So I get why they didn't do the bubble concept, but obviously when the guys come back, you know, that Monday and Tuesday before they start practice on Wednesday, where are they going? Now, obviously, there's limited places to go, mm-hmm. and it depends on, you know, are you a 30-something-year-old veteran with a family and you, you know, stay home and stay local, or are you a 23-year-old something 
who, you know, wants to go out or do promos or shoot commercials or, you know, whatever. So it all depends on what these guys do off the field, but it, I feel like it is a very sort of yeah. disciplined regiment where it's like practice, 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 flight, game, yeah. home. But think about this. Think about the people they come in contact with when they're at the hotels that they're staying at. Where was the person in the hotel? Were they around somebody who could have potentially been infected? Are they wearing a mask? Right. I mean, Are this they is what you intentionally about, about coughing on someone else's food? I mean, you never know. Um, you know, the bubble theory has worked well for the NBA and as well for the NHL. I don't believe anybody has tested positive, but when you're in a controlled environment and you're only letting a certain amount of people in and, uh, you know, it, it works. But think about it. You know, your average basketball team's got 12 players plus coaches. Your yeah. hockey team's got, you know, 20 players plus coaches. Each NFL team's got, what is it, 53 man 50, 50, rosters plus coaches. You know, it, it, it's a and lot. And nutritionists and strength yeah, trainers. Yeah, of course. And this guy and that I mean, guy. there's personnel in basketball and hockey as well. But, yes, the amount of people that would be on a football organization far exceeds anybody else. Yeah, I mean, um, just think about the basics. you got your head coach, your O coordinator, your D coordinator, your special teams coordinator. And you have your linebackers coach, your running backs coach, your yes. line coach. And then everything else I just said about, you know, strength and conditioning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. I oh. mean, the, the rosters get pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we heard about some players opting out, but uh, not an overwhelming amount, so I don't really think that will have uh, too much of an effect on anything. One thing I wanted to uh, touch on was what you said, you know, uh, you use Seattle as an example, you know, you could use New Orleans as another one, Green Bay, Kansas City, you know, the whole home field advantage thing, and you know, from... My perspective, or I guess I could say our perspective as gamblers, mm-hmm. how will that affect the lines? And Agreed. You know, like I said, you still have to physically travel, and, you know, there might be some getting used to whether you have to wear a mask on a plane or, you know, there's certain things at the hotels that you're staying at that aren't available or that are closed, or maybe there's a gym or a pool that they don't have open or mm-hmm. something that you would normally do or a restaurant. Yeah. And, you know, now you have to do other resources and it would just take, you know, it's probably a little anxiety for everyone. It would just take some adjusting. But I did read a good article on ESPN the other day about, okay, so if there's no fans and your normal, you know, your standard home field advantage is three points, right? Mm-hmm. Are they going to drop the line one and a half points? So let's say the spread's th- three and they drop it to one and a half. Kind of weird numbers, you know, from a a lot of mm-hmm. scores end at a, a difference of three points. So from the, you know, sports book perspective of trying to set the line, I don't think they're going to move it just to have a different number because the scores will still be the scores. Right, but let me bring something else to your attention. So forget the crowd noise, which obviously is a factor at certain stadiums. But this isn't really going to make much of a difference right now in uh, September and October. But think about November, weather. Think about if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're on the road in Chicago and it's 20 degrees. Uh, you know That's still going to be a home field advantage for the Bears players who may be playing in that type of environment more often than not. 
So, I mean, there's a lot of factors this year that could be affecting the line. Yes, crowd noise is obviously going to be down, uh, you know, significantly, if not at all. I mean, I know as, uh, you know, for you and I, who are Giants fans and in the New Jersey, New York area, MetLife has already, or New Jersey has already, you know, said that they're not allowing any fans whatsoever for Jets and Giants home games. So, I mean, that's, you know, it's going to be like a scrimmage. and Yeah, and I feel like, um, you know, the road team has the advantage because... They can make their signals at the line. They don't have to do silent counts. They can hear everything. And I don't know. I think it will be weird. I mean, we're watching the Chiefs-Texans game a little bit right now. There's some fans there, but I wouldn't say it's loud. I mean, Kansas City is one of the better home field advantages. And, uh, you know, it's never going to be, oh, this place is going crazy. Or, you know, the third down and long and everyone gets up and gets loud. So Right, exactly. uh, It'll be interesting and... I just wonder if the how that will be priced into the lines. And like I said, I don't think they're going to move it off of key numbers, but it's something to think about that maybe there's a little bit more value on the road teams this year. Always approaching it from a gambling perspective, Kev. I like that. That's the <laughs> name of the game? I was going to say point of the pod. Yeah. Well, half the point of the pod. Uh, another Another rumor I heard out there, which never came to fruition, but, you know... Obviously, we're in September now, maybe two months ago. You know, we weren't sure what this was going to look like. And there was college, they were talking about college football. I mean, obviously, the Pac 12 and the Big Ten canceled their seasons, but they were talking about no college football. They were talking about possibly no high school football. So the rumor out there was that the NFL was going to be on Friday nights and Saturdays and Sundays and Mondays and Thursdays, pretty much every day but Tuesday and Wednesday. And I'm like, that would be interesting. Oh, my God. But. You know, I kind of like the the Sunday slate. You dedicate one day of your week to it. And, uh, you know, there's Red Zone, there's Fantasy, there's Gambling, there's a bunch of stuff going on. I don't know, like, because obviously they would move their, like, hey, Jets-Jaguars Friday night on CBS because they're not going to move their primetime games off the Sunday slots. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I don't know, like, the part of me is like, there's nine other games on and I don't have to watch this garbage. And I'm sure the NFL would just move the garbage to the primetime slot. So I'm almost kind of glad that didn't. But you know what? Fruition. You know what the best thing about the first couple of weeks of football is? You don't really know who's going to be garbage yet. I was I mean, going to say your team has a chance. Yeah, you can kind of anticipate based on last year and the fact that they didn't really make any offseason moves. But I mean, I heard a lot of people poo pooing on the Niners last year at the beginning of the year, saying eight and eight at best, not making the playoffs, and they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. So you're always going to have those surprises and uh, you know those diamonds in the rough. So it, it it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, they were four and twelve the season before, so uh, exactly. And we actually were six and ten, and then regressed and got worse last year. So sounds about right. Yeah, well, that's life as a Giants fan these days. What do you think about the adding the other playoff team that the NFL did this offseason? So now only the number one seed gets that first round by. Um, I mean, any time where we're going to get more playoff games, that's always a good thing in my mind. And you know what? Now the teams who you know were potentially comfortably sitting in the second slot, you know, in week fifteen or sixteen. Maybe trying a little bit harder to get that one seed. I mean, there's a lot of theories uh, and different opinions on is it better to uh, have that week off and rest versus just keeping momentum going. I mean, obviously everybody in the NFL is getting pounded on a weekly basis and needs their body to rest. Yeah, I think, but I yeah. mean, yeah, there's been a lot of Super Bowl winners who have come from uh, 
you know, the five and, you know, the f- three, four, five, six seeds uh, and not getting that buy. So, I mean, there's a lot of, our, you know, different <clears throat> viewpoints uh, on, on what's better. Yeah, I think the NFL, though, I think the the week off is big because, uh, like you said, everyone's getting pounded. It's a long season. It's obviously physical. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll be curious to see how often that, you know, one seed – one versus one seed is what I'm trying to say in the AFC and NFC, you know, comes to fruition. I mean, last year the Niners were the one seed and the Chiefs were the two, so Correct. the Chiefs still had the bye because mm-hmm. obviously that was the right. format last year. And um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that uh, works out. But I like it from the standpoint of the, the the number one seed really means something. Like the one versus the two seed. Yeah, it didn't really mean anything until unless, of course, you played that team in the championship, in the championship game. game. You but you know, team. last year they didn't work out so well for the Ravens. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to to see it. And to your point, one extra game on that Saturday and one extra game on that Sunday of uh, Wild Card Weekend. Oh, be outstanding! One no, of the best no, weekends of the year. No complaints here. Right. Um. And then the last thing I just want to touch on with the whole COVID thing. So besides the no fans and the home field advantage, do you think with the lack of, you know, contact and practices and off season and no fans and everything that, you know, everything we talked about, do you think that favors the over or the under from a betting strategy? Because my initial thought was, I mean, obviously there's two ways of looking at this, but my initial thought was, oh, it favors the under because no one will be in rhythm. And maybe I'm thinking about this from an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. No one will be in rhythm. But if the defense isn't in rhythm, yeah, the scores that, could go crazy. Well, hang on one second. So no one's in rhythm. And like I, I just think like O-line, right? Because right. obviously as Giants fans, every year we talk about how great the skill position players are and then the O-line sucks and nothing matters, right? And the O-line is a lot of sort of you know, working together and moving parts and knowing what the other guy's doing and picking up blitzes and et cetera, et cetera. But I heard a good point today that the defensive side of it, there's no hitting, there's no form tackling. So it's kind of like going from zero to 60. Like, hey, we're all running around in shorts and, you know, touching the guy with the ball and calling the play down practice or whatever. And then... Now we're going full blast and, you know, you got Khalil Mack trying to kill you and, you know, or you're trying to tackle Saquon Barkley or everything's full speed now. So I I heard an interesting point today that the defense will be more affected because they're not used to going 100%. So what is your thought? Do you think it affects more offensively or defensively? I'll say this. It takes a couple of weeks, typically, for a lot of teams to try to get into get into game shape, as they say. Right, and that's with a preseason. Yeah, in of general, course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So now, without it, it may take a little bit longer. But I mean, think about it. You really have to take it on a, on a case by case basis. So you're going to have those guys who are gym rats and who are in there working out and lifting weights and running and just getting themselves in great physical condition on the you know let's just say the same team as somebody else 
who may be like, yeah, you know, I'll get to it when I get to it, and I'm just going to play my game, and I'll eventually work myself into, into game day shape. So honestly, my opinion is I don't think you can really specifically give it a definitive answer of, yes, this is the way it's going to be one way or the other. I really think, as in most things in life, it's a case-by-case basis because you're going to have guys who ha- just have a lot more natural ability in the NFL, like a Patty Mahomes, and then you're going to have guys who really have to like grind it out and work uh, you know, to, to get to their highest potential. So, I mean, from a betting perspective, I really think you just have to go off of statistics and, you know, last year's at this point for, you know, who's a high-scoring offense and who's a, you know, a low-scoring defense to, 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 to answer that. So I can't sit here and say with 100% certainty, you know, that it's going to affect it one way or the other. Again, it's a case-by-case basis. Okay, so you don't think we should expect a uh, scoring boom or a... No, I don't, I don't think this is the... Um, what do they call it in baseball? Uh, live ball era, where like okay. they were hitting 70 uh, home runs all the time. Everybody's yoked up on steroids. Uh, no, I, 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 don't see, I don't see games being uh, you know, 38, 35 every weekend unless you know, Patrick Mahomes is playing Drew Brees. Um, you know, again, that's, that's a game that you would expect to be, there to be more high scoring. But, you know, like, different teams peak at different times, you know? The Chiefs had a great defense towards the end of the season last year, and uh, for the most part of the, most of the season, they were just, you know, completely offensive-oriented. So, it really depends. Uh, I'm interested to see how the season's going to play out for a number of reasons. You know, a lot of the guys picking different teams, trades, the fact that there was no training camp. I mean, I don't even know how the coaches really decided who was going to get cut and who wasn't, because a lot of guys earn their spots in the games where they come up with plays and, uh, you know, they yeah. may, maybe you get a fumble recovery or an interception in a crucial time. I mean, they, you know, some players just play well in games and they're just really not good in practice. And those guys didn't really have the opportunity to shine this year because there were no games. So I don't even know what standard the coaches really put together to determine who was going to get cut and who wasn't. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's less and less starters, especially the high-profile guys playing in preseason games, and obviously now there was none, so... You know, we may turn the game off at halftime, but those guys playing the second half are busting their tails to try to make the team. And to your point, that wasn't an option this year. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see maybe some guys get picked up off of other teams' practice squads and, you know, injuries allow them to make a name for themselves. You know, there's always those stories. So we'll see if there's more of those coming out of this year. Uh, Anything else COVID-related you want to touch on? No. I mean... It sucks, and uh, I hope they come up with a cure. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, obviously, the, uh, the the biggest storyline of the offseason was Tom Brady trading teams to the yes. Tom, I'll say Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Let's talk about this. I think it's very well known what my feeling is about Mr. Brady and the Patriots. So, Are you drinking the Tampa Bay Kool-Aid? Um, so, I'm not going to go one way or the other, but this year is truly going to be the litmus test for who was really behind the success of the New England Patriots. If the Patriots come out this year with Jared Stidham or Cam Newton or whoever they decide to start a quarterback, and they go out and they win uh, 11 or 12 games with Cam Newton, who hasn't really done anything since his MVP Super Bowl appearance in 2015, you know, a lot of injuries and, and things of that nature, if they come out and win to 11 or 12 games... And then it's basically like, yeah, it's Belichick. And if Tom Brady goes down to Tampa with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, arguably two of the top, I'm not even going to say 10, 
eight, seven best wide receivers in football. Gronk, who was done on his little, you know, playtime retirement. And the defense that they posted last year, if Tom Brady can't win at least 10 or 11 games, I mean, I think it's going to be a complete disaster and a failure for Tom Brady. So if they both go 11 and 5, you're giving the nod to the Patriots? 100%. Okay. 100%. Who has a better record this year? I am going to say you missed you missed I'm, the, the over under pods last week. Yeah, but. yeah. I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Bucks win eleven, uh, Patriots win ten. Okay, but again, I sure as shit hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I got I, nothing would make me happier than to see the Bucks go like six and ten, and Tom Brady have like you know fifteen touchdowns and eighteen interceptions. I will be the happiest human being on earth because you know it'll be the you know it'll be like. Let me give you a quick uh, multiple choice. Sure. There's always teams, um, excuse me, there's always quarterbacks that fall off a cliff once they hit a certain age. Yep. Who do you think is most likely to do that this year? I don't know. Here are your choices. Are we considering Phillip Rivers having fallen off a cliff last year? <laughs> because towards the end of the season, that guy was colorblind or something. He had like eight interceptions in the last three games. He had 20 for the entire season, so yeah. Yeah, and eight in the last three games. So, so what are my options? Here are your choices. A, Tom Brady. Okay. B, Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. C, Phillip Rivers. D, Ben Roethlisberger. I'm going to say C is out because he fell okay. off his cliff last year. Then we'll year. say C, Aaron Rodgers. And D, Ben Roethlisberger. Okay, so I don't see Aaron Rodgers falling off a cliff. He just has... He, I mean, listen, he may not win Okay, the we games. know you love Aaron Rodgers. The answer is listen, no, so pick the other three. He may not win the, the games, three. but he has too much uh, talent and ability okay. to go that route. I mean, you can sit here and say it all you want, but it's true. Um, so my my options are either Brady, Breeze, or Ben. Yeah. Honestly, I think uh, despite the fact that he's the youngest of the three, I'm going to say Ben. He's the biggest. He's probably taken the most uh, punishment over the last couple of years. I mean, he was out last year forever with his arm injury. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Ben. Uh, I just, I just don't see. I like Ben to bounce back. Yeah, I don't know. I say Drew Brees. Really? Huh? Yeah. I, I felt like two years ago he wore out. Last year I felt like he was a little fresher because he got injured in the beginning of the season and missed those games. Or Teddy Bridgewater came in. And then he lost to Kirk Cousins at home in a playoff game. So Yeah, but you can't blame him for that. I mean, the, the, the Saints have just been snake-bitten in these playoff games. I mean, between that one and the Minnesota Miracle a few years ago, and then the Rams the year I, before that, you, oh my God, it's like they, they, just can't, they just can't catch a break. The Rams game was bullshit, but, I mean, last year... I don't yeah, remember, remember the Minnesota Miracle, though, the year before that? Yeah, I mean, last year, I don't remember... What the exact final score was, but I remember it went to overtime. It did, and uh, they, call, they had Kyle Rudolph it, in the corner I for think, a touchdown. Yeah, I think it was pretty low scoring. So yeah, you you can blame the offense a little bit. Um, and you're at home. Yeah, I think that Bruce Arians is going to be sympathetic to Tom's game, and he's not going to ask Tom to do a lot of things that Tom's not really comfortable doing. So uh, yeah, that's interesting because I don't Tom likes to dink and dunk to you know Edelman right. and tight ends, and Arians right. likes to air it out. So I'll be curious to see what that offense looks like from a hey, I'm Tom Brady, and or hey, I'm Bruce Arians. You know, let's we, they'll meet somewhere in the middle, but just to yeah. see what that looks well, like. Well, I mean, listen, Tom Brady is obviously more accomplished than Bruce Arians. I mean, he hasn't even won a Super Bowl. Tom's won what like seventeen by now. I don't know. Anyway, um, I think that he's gonna basically 
concoct an offense which is going to be conducive to... I mean, if you think about it, they got Godwin in the slot, who is basically a bigger, stronger, better version of Julian Edelman. You got Mike Evans, who's a beast. He can go down the sidelines and make those catches, you know, for those 50-50 balls. And then you got Gronk, who's basically like, me Gronk, give me ball. They'll throw him him over the middle, and he'll just run around, and uh, he'll be, you know, running dudes over. So... And then who's the running backs on Tampa? Forgive me, I can't remember. Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette. Oh, Lenny. Same state, different uh, zip code. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I mean, think about that, though. By the way, Bruce Arians did win one Super Bowl as the OC of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, that doesn't count. I'm talking about head coach oh, and player. Oh, okay. But, I mean, that's nice. That's cute. If you want to go by that, then Bill, then, uh, Bill Belichick's got like nine rings, right? Because he won two with the Giants in the 80s and 90, and then he won six, so he's got eight rings. I mean, come on. He does. As, as the coordinators, you do get Super Bowl of rings. Of course. I mean, as the fucking towel girls, you get Super Bowl rings, I feel like, these days. But that still doesn't mean he was leading the show. So, with that, um, I, 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 think, uh, I, think, I think Ben. I think Ben's going to be the one who's going to deteriorate. Because as you, as, when you're a bigger guy and you're carrying around all that weight... Um, I don't know, and you're taking those punishments. I mean, you know, uh, what's his name? Coach of the Steelers. Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin is basically letting Ben back there and just letting him throw. And sometimes these dudes get through, and Ben takes some punishment. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you remember the Mannings. They they perfected the art of taking the sack as it got older. They just paper-bagged yeah, the, it. The phantom sack. Yeah, they just paper-bagged it. Like, oh, I'm going to get hit. Let's just fall. I've worth way too many millions to take more Yeah, hits. exactly. So uh, I'm going to say Ben. All right. I want to get into the the weekend, but real quick storylines, I want you to give me one sentence. Oh, boy. With how many commas? <laughs> is it a run-on sentence? Well, I was going to say, well, you're the king of run-ons. Yeah, is so it a run-on sentence? Other storylines is off-season, the Washington now football team. Okay. First of all, fire Dan Snyder, comma. <laughs> um, how could, Semicolon. How could they... How could they not come up with some sort of a name by now? I mean, you know, you're not asking for anything crazy. I think it gets a little crazy with the merchandising and the sponsorships. And yeah, I, there's probably a whole bunch of stuff that we don't understand. So but. what are they doing now? They're just selling maroon shirts with all yellow W's. Like that looks stupid. Pick a name. What would your name be? I've heard a lot of funny things. I heard Washington Monuments, which I kind of liked. I heard no. Washington Generals. The like Washington the, Chicken Skins? I mean, I, is, is that derogatory towards chickens? I heard Washington Generals, like uh, yeah, I, Harlem I, Globetrotters. I heard Washington Senators, which, you know, obviously. What was the name in the, that makes sense. In the movie The Replacements, the Washington. Sentinels. Uh, Sentinels. There you go. The, that, that, the, the replacement name. There you go. You get Keanu Reeves to come in to be the quarterback? Dang, you should throw that shit on Twitter. It'll probably take off. <laughs> Washington Sentinels. No, but seriously, though, it's like... You hire Gene it's Hackman like, to own, You hire Gene Hackman There's to own the so team. There's so many things. I mean, just pick an animal. A, a freaking uh, a polar bear, a bobcat. I mean, what, what, what kind of... The, the Washington Wolves, what's native to the area? I mean, it's not that difficult. It's <laughs> The like, Washington Squirrels. <laughs> yeah, right? The Washington Turd Burglars, for all I care. I don't know. It's just like, pick a name. There you go. This is my run-on sentence. Okay. Thanks for the one sentence. No problem. A lot of colons. All right. Moving on. Moving on. Give me one surprise team this year and one flop team. Um, I'm going to go with my surprise team first. I'm going to give you a second to think it over. I was going to say, my, my team could go one of the team that I'm going to say could be, literally be both. <laughs> oh, then you go first. <laughs> Cleveland. Cleveland. It's all, I mean, with all the talent that they have there, 
And Baker's just so unpredictable. I mean, the problem with Baker is he goes. Sorry. Are they your surprise or your flop? No, that, are you, are you I'm, I'm saying, I'm, I'm telling you, they could be both. Oh, okay. Because think about this. With all the talent that they have, first of all, I, I just got to bring this up. Did you hear the rumor going around that Mr. Odell Beckham likes a good Cleveland steam? Oh, my God, no. Okay, I'll have to send you the video. You got to watch Barstool Sports. There's uh, some girls who said that this is one of his favorite things to do. Anyway. Jesus Christmas. Yeah, I know. I know we're trying to keep this, uh, you know, on well, Don't point, worry, but... we got the little e-explicit thing on yeah, the, that's true. Uh, on that's the true. podcast. So, By the uh, way, we're on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. Like, subscribe, rate. Thanks, guys. Yep, amen to that. So, think <laughs> about it. You got Landry, and you got Beckham, and you got um, Hunt, and you got Baker. and if, if, Chubb, Hooper. Yeah, Chubb, Hooper. I mean, if they just got it together. They got two new tackles. Who's their coach? Is the, they get a new coach? Stefanski. Kevin Stefanski. He's still the same guy? No, the, the same guy as Freddie Kitchens, who is now on the Giants staff. Oh, God. Kevin Stefanski came over Dude, from the talk Vikings. Dude, talk about getting like the replacement coaching staff. All right, we let's got, not even go into that. I don't know what... We got Jason I'm sure there'll be Garrett, plenty of time to go on rants with the Giants Joe all Judge, season long. And now we got... Oh, we got Freddie Kitchens. Give me All right, break. so you have the same team for both. So, so the let's Gi- stay on track here. So the Giants are going to be 0-16. I'm just saying it now. Uh, no, they're not. Uh, my surprise team is going to be the Detroit Lions. Really? Yeah. You think 37-year-old Matty Stafford's finally going to get it together? I mean, finally going to get it together. He was having the year of his life last year before he got hurt. Well, Matt Patricia... He had the highest quarterback rating. He was on pace for 5,000 pass yards. And what what was their record? Six and ten? Three, four, and one. And then after Matt Stafford left, they went three, twelve, and one. So... They got screwed in the Green Bay Monday night game. They had that weird tie with Arizona in the beginning of the year that they messed up. They got any new additions that I should be aware of or coaching changes? Uh, I mean, oh, they still have Patricia. They added DeAndre Swift from Georgia to play running back. I like him. Kenny Galladay is now nursing a hamstring injury, so that's not great. I but, like him uh, too. Though. You know, Matt Patricia tries to take all the Patriots. They got Trey Flowers. They got um, who's the other guy? His name just gave me right now. I'll think of it. But uh, that is a little bit of my concern about them getting after the quarterback and just their defense in general. But I feel like yeah, my you know, concern with, about them is they're well Detroit Matt's, with how Mel, with how well Matt Stafford was playing last year, and I don't think their division is that great. I think both. I'm really low on the Bears, and if oh. you if you didn't listen to last yeah, week's no, the pod, Bears are that, horrendous. I get it. I think the Bears will be in last place for sure. MVP Mitchie? And uh, I'm not sold on Green Bay or Minnesota. So uh, we'll see. We'll wow, see. That's, that's a bold prediction considering Detroit's uh, you know history. I mean, have, have they won a playoff game? Since, I think Stafford's won one, right? The Chiefs didn't win the Super Bowl since Super Bowl four, and they won the Super Bowl last year. Okay, so, so are we I'm really not comparing, about are history. Really comparing I'm Patrick about Mahomes to, to Matt Stafford? I don't know. Anyway, um... So, while you were saying that, if I really had to think about it, I could see the romance, or actually I should say the bromance, that was, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and uh, the first year head coach. Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. I could see this year it falling apart a little bit and there being problems and the pack coming out and being like 6 and 10. Right, that's my point. Right. Well, you were yeah, but you picked Detroit being like good. I'm picking uh, 
the team that went 13 and 3 albeit got wiped on the floor oh so you're picking them as the flop team yes okay so that that feeds into my detroit point yeah because we're both low on the bears and the other other team is the vikings who Mm -hmm. i like the vikings but uh i just think detroit's gonna be better i don't know you you can you can tell me I don't know if this qualifies as a quote-unquote flop team. I mean, I think you uh, hit the nail more on the head with, you know, a team that was a game away from the Super Bowl last year not being uh, very good. Mm -hmm. I think the Jets are just going to be horrendous. Wow. And, I mean, I know their over-under win total was only six, but, you know, I gave it out as a best bet two weeks ago that take the under. I don't see it, man. I, I know they're they're caught in this weird like. Well, they got rid of Jamal Adams, rebuild. Who, who was really giving them a hard time with the yeah, but they're, they're in this weird like rebuild slash trying to win now. But I mean, Sam Darnold, we got I the rookie quarterback. We got the rookie quarterback. Yeah. but you know they're real thin at O line. They're real thin at receiver. C.J. Mosley opted out this year, so now you're without your two best defensive players, C.J. Mosley and Jamal Adams. I mean, I don't see it. Le'Veon Bell has not been great there. <laughs> the Le'Veon lot, Bell. I mean, a lot of that has to do with the O-line. They brought a new O-line. They're already banged up, like I said. I don't see it, man. I don't see it in the Jets, and yeah. I feel like it could get real, real Well, I ugly. mean, that goes without saying Anytime you're talking about the New York football Jets. Yeah, so that's why I don't know if they just... I mean, maybe, maybe flop team is uh, the wrong Underachiever. Maybe a regression... I don't know what the term is, but I just think the Jets, like, they're going to be in the top three of the draft. I think they're going to be, like, bad, bad, bad. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, listen, I thought last year was going to be the year that the Jets actually broke out. I mean, you know, you heard a lot of people talk highly of Sam Darnold, and, uh, you know, he just got injured. I mean, he had the mono. I mean, he came out early on and had a couple of good weeks. And then he caught the mono for three or four weeks, which they lost, I think, three or four or four or five, whatever it was. Do you miss the Luke Falk era? God, no. Do I miss it? I don't know. I don't think they won anything. I remember they came out in week one and were up 60 nothing on Buffalo and lost. Oh, God, I and bet on he, that game. And then he got mono, Ugh. and then I think they came back and beat Dallas. But, I mean, other than that, they, I remember they weren't that, lighting the world on fire. Uh, after week three, the uh, Buffalo Bills had more wins in MetLife Stadium than the Jets and Giants combined. Yeah, that's a great stat, but you're right. <laughs> um, oh, boy. All right. Enough of the offseason. Let's get into week one. Let's all do right. it. Let's do it. The L- little segment we like to call 3NP here. Three best bets and a parlay. And honestly, this is kind of open for the taking in the first week because I don't even think the Sharps in Vegas know how to... How to uh, you know adjust the lines? At it's this very point. interesting. A, yeah. a lot of uh, advantages and taking points, especially in division rival games, and uh, we'll see. But you want to kick it off? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll lead off. Um, you know, I like um, Seattle at the Falcons. Seattle's getting two and a half on the road. Seattle's uh, laying two and a half. Seattle's laying. Excuse me, laying two and a half on the road. Uh, I like the Falcons in this one. Um, I don't know. I just feel like that team's got a lot of talent. I think this year is going to be the year where Calvin Ridley slowly starts to become, uh, you know, the number one. I mean, Julio's still the number one there, but... What's the spread on that? Two and a half now? Two and a half, yeah. It started at one, and it just keeps going up. Everyone's loving Seattle, but... So maybe uh, if you're a Falcon lover like Dan, uh, you wait on this to see if you can get to that 
that nice three number. Yeah, or three and a half, which we'll probably get there at some point. Um, but again, it's the first week, and listen, we all know how great Russell Wilson is, okay? Russell Wilson bailed that team out of a lot of games last year, and then they went to um, Green Bay and got whooped by Green Bay, or beat by Green Bay, I shouldn't say whooped. And then the following week, Green Bay got absolutely pummeled by the 49ers. So, I mean, you can kind of tell the disparity between the talent. I don't know. I don't think Seattle made really any good off-season acquisitions. I don't know too much about their draft. I'm just basically going off of the fact that they're traveling one of the furthest distances across country for the first week, and it's going to all be put on Russell Wilson's back again unless they really refurbish that O-line. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like the Falcons, uh, you know, can probably keep it together in a place that they're familiar in. So I'll take Seattle. Uh, I mean, excuse me. I'll take uh, Atlanta plus two and a half at home. I'm so sick of waiting for Atlanta and San Diego. I'm sorry, the Chargers. That's okay. Every year, I've made that mistake many times. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm going to call them the Washington Redskins. We could we could bleep that out later for all those Native Americans listening, but. Every year, it's always the Falcons and the Chargers are going to be better this year, and they're going to be good, and this is their breakout year, and every year, they're just not. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'd go the other way on that, but, you know, it's week one, they're home, you're getting points. Yeah. I get it. Why not throw some rubber at the wall and see what sticks? Yeah. Uh, my first best bet feeds into two things that I just talked about, is the Detroit Lions... Uh, laying two and a half at home against the Chicago Bears. As I just mentioned, I'm I'm fading the Bears this year, especially when Trubisky starts. They named Trubisky the starter because they had to, because he's he's Johnny sensitive, and you have to start him because if you start Foles, you can't go back to Trubisky, right? So you have to stick with Trubisky and think that he's your guy and convince him that he's your guy to build his confidence. And then when he sucks, which I think he inevitably will, then you can go to Nick Foles. But they're starting with Trubisky this week. David Montgomery is iffy to even play. And like I said, Stafford was great last year. He has highest QB rating of his career. He's on pace for 5,000 yards. And then when he went out, they didn't win anything. So Detroit at home, laying less than a field goal against the Bears. Give me the Lions as my first best bet. Dan? What is your second best bet? Oof. I just came across this one. Oof. I am going to take the Dolphins plus six and a half in New England against the Patriots. Mostly because the Patriots just don't seem to play well against the Dolphins. Whether it's in uh, South Beach or it's in New England. I remember the... uh, Generally it's in Miami where they don't play well. I'm saying. Oh, okay. I was going to say South Beach is Miami. But yes. But, no, no. It's in New but, England this weekend. You're, you are correct. Correct. Right. But last year, didn't Miami beat New England in New England, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I know they beat them in Week 17, which threw off the course of history because that gave the Chiefs the two seed and made the Dolphins, or I'm sorry, made the Patriots play the Titans, which eliminated them. And if the Patriots had just won that game, the Titans would have played the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs, which ended up being the AFC Championship game, ironically enough. so Wow. And this is why you listen to the Rambler and the Gambler for information like that. No, seriously. You, I, 
Just it's crazy. Like, it's crazy that that would have been the three six matchup on that wild card weekend, and that ended up being the AFC title game because the Titans beat the Patriots, who fell to the three seed, and you know away we go. Uh, that game was in New England. You are correct. And Miami did win. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because week two they played with Anto- their one game with Antonio Brown in Miami and blew their doors off when Miami was in quote unquote tank mode. Oh uh, yes. Remember it was Tank like it was forty three nothing? I do. The one game Antonio Brown played? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I got off topic. Go back. Okay. Dolphins. Patriots in New England. You like the Dolphins. Yes. Six and a half just seems like a lot for a team that habitually does well against New England. It might go to seven. Do I trust Cam Newton playing there? No, not really. I mean, yes, has Belichick turned some guys into heroes there? Yes. But Brandon Cooks didn't work out well. Ocho Cinco didn't ever work that well. You have to have a certain mindset and mentality to be a Patriot and you know conform to the, and I'm putting up my air quotes, the Patriot way. And I just don't think Cam Newton is going to be that guy. I could be wrong. I mean, Belichick may revamp his career and he may lead them back to a deep playoff run or a Super Bowl appearance or victory, but I don't see it. I feel like... There's going to be no more success in New England for uh, the Patriots without Brady, and there's going to be no more success for Brady without being in New England. I think that's a chapter that I'm glad to say is finally closed because I hated both of them. And uh, I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover six and a half. I would wait until that goes to seven and then jump all over it. Do the Dolphins win? <sighs> or do the Patriots squeak it out? Yeah, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go and say a hundred with a hundred percent certainty that they're gonna win. But they can. Um, no, they could. I mean, of course, theoretically, they could. But I'm not gonna go that far. I'm just gonna say that uh, Dolphins cover. All right. My second best bet is also grabbing the points on the road, and I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals plus seven in San Francisco. Mm. San Francisco obviously struggled last year with the Cardinals. And everyone's high on the Cardinals this year with, you know, Kyler coming into his second year. Kenyon Drake was great for them last year. They obviously signed DeAndre Hopkins and then now have paid him an additional $54 million. But uh, if you remember back to last year, San Francisco only beat the Cardinals by 3 and 10. And the game they beat them by 10, they were actually losing with 45 seconds left. They scored a late touchdown, and then the Cardinals tried to do one of those crazy lateral plays in the kickoff, and the Niners returned in and won by 10. So um, the Niners, as great as they are, uh, you know, they struggle with mobile quarterbacks. Obviously, Russell Wilson. I just told you the story on Kyler last year. They lost to Lamar. They lost to Patrick Mahomes. And the Niners are banged up on offense, especially at wide receiver. I don't know... Debo Samuel is going to play. Their new guy, Ayuk, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, he's got a hamstring issue. So I expect to see a lot of running the ball, but I don't think uh, the Niners are at full force. I think the Cardinals are. I think the Cardinals are a team on the rise. And uh, I think the game will be close. I think the Cardinals could win. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost close again. But uh, I love the seven points, so give me the... Arizona Cardinals plus seven. Yeah, imagine a guy like Kyler Murray inheriting... Uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer, is still f- floating around the slot over there. Yep, 
hundred percent. So that's my second best bet, Arizona plus seven. Dan, what is your third best bet? God, I mean, part of me just wants to be a homer here, and then the other part of me is like, meh. Be a... You know, I'm going to be a homer. Be raw. I am. With the millions and millions of MetLife fans watching from home, because no one's going to be allowed in the was that a, Was that a rock reference? It, it was It was going that way. The... Sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to make a case for this and go out on a limb and say this, whether it's true or not, or where it comes to fruition, who knows. So Let's say that... Now I'm that sorry, Eli- for, the, for those new listeners, what's your bet? They might not know who your favorite team is. Oh, the Giants. Okay. That's my favorite team. So And what's the now, spread? Six. Now with Danny Dimes at the helm, and he doesn't have to be worrying about if he's coming in or out, or Eli, or any of that. Saquon Barkley's back, he's healthy. Uh, you know, we still got Shepard. We still got Ingram. Um, I'm going to say that the Giants cover this six number. Uh, Once again, just a little throw it before you give your reasons why. Let's throw it in there. This was three and a half like a week ago. And it's jumped to four and a half, five and a half, and is now six. Right. And you know what So happens. if you like the Giants, I don't know if it's gotten so high that it might come back the other way or it might just keep going. So When everybody's betting one way, you know yeah. what to do, right? You go the other. I agree with you. So, uh, I mean, the bigger the number, the more I like it, obviously. Yep. But, uh, sorry, get back to your your handicap. Yeah. So, I'm saying uh, Giants uh, at home Monday night. Listen, I feel like Joe Judge is going to bring a different feel to, to to the show. I feel like he's going to relate to the players more. You know, he comes from the New England system. You know, who's to say if it's really going to translate into more wins in the first season? I mean, it might be one of those Matt LaFleur 13-win first seasons, you know, potentially. I just think if at any point in time I was going to go with the Giants and we had a chance, let's not tr- let's try it week one against the Steelers team that, you know, still has a lot of questions at a lot of different places. So uh, I'm going to take the Giants plus six at home on MNF. Fun stat I heard. Uh, I love fun stats. Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, and I think it was Golden Tate, maybe it was Darius Slayton, played zero snaps together last year. All of them. Combined. Really? So, zero? Yes, yeah, zero. So None. It, I mean... Danny, obviously Saquon had the ankle injury. Uh, Daniel Jones missed a couple of games towards the end of the year with his own ankle injury. Evan Ingram's always hurt. So, I mean, you know, injuries are a part of football, but to have everyone out at the same time, I'm excited to watch Andrew Thomas maybe actually provide some stability to an offensive line. My problem with the Giants this year, I think their defense is going to be atrocious, but I said this last week on the NFC pod that, hey, if the Giants lose every game 35-31 or 31-27, at least they'll be freaking entertaining. Mm-hmm. Even the year the Giants made the playoffs when they were uh, in 2016, their defense was great and their offense sucked. So I'll take entertaining if from everything else I've had to watch for the Giants the past couple of years. Yeah. If that's what it's going to be, if it's all offense and no defense. But I think their defense is going to be atrocious. But that's another story. Okay, so uh, my third best bet brings us also to Monday Night Football. But I am going with the Denver Broncos plus 
Last I saw it was one and a half. I have two now. I was going to say, but the Broncos are actually favored by two at one point. So this is really running in the other direction with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> and so, why is that? Because they were in the AFC title game last year. Right. So why? And, and Von Miller's out for the season now. Really? What happened? And he broke his ankle yesterday in practice. Son of a motherless goat. And uh, there was another injury on Denver that... Oh, Cortland Sutton's now banged up, so, you know, everything's oh, trending. Oh, shit, he's on my fantasy team. Everything's, I mean, it's not until Monday, it's only Thursday, and so relax. Everything's trending in the wrong direction. However, <laughs> my handicap bad. is all about Denver being at home in the beginning of the year. You might want to wait. This could get to plus three. I don't know. As I mentioned, it keeps shifting up. But, Dan, listen to this stat. I love stats. You also love fun stats. In Denver's past 20 week one home games, what do you think their record is? 16 and 4. 17 and 3, you sold them short. Mm. And 13, 5 and 2 against the spread. Mm. This may be one of the few factors that is still a home field advantage. You can take the fans out, but guess what? You're still playing at altitude. The Broncos still practice in it. You still don't. So when they come there, I know everyone loves the Titans, but I still don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I feel like he might have been the hot quarterback last year. We've seen it before. Uh, we've seen Joe Flacco go through it. We've always seen guys go on little bits of runs. I still can't bring myself to trust Ryan Tannehill. I could be 100% wrong, but I need more of a sample size. And I could see the Broncos upending them and everyone being like, hmm, what's wrong with the Titans? That's interesting. Not that I think the Broncos are going to be great this year, but they always come out well in September, especially at home. I just gave you the numbers. Take the Broncos, plus one and a half. Dan's got it at two. It might jump up to three. Hell, it might go to four. Who the hell knows? Mm-hmm. When everyone in the market's like, Tennessee, they're great, blah, blah, blah. So we shall see. But I love Denver at home in September. Give me the Broncos plus, I'll say one and a half. Could be two. Give me the Broncos and the points, because it's not going to go back in the other direction. I was going to say, Kevin wants more points, so give him the two. Dan, recap your three bets for us. Sure. I have the G-Men plus six. I have the Dolphins plus six and a half. And I also have the Falcons plus two and a half. Dan is snatching up all the points in week one, and honestly, I think that's a great thing, because I don't think Vegas knows more than you, and I think you said that earlier, Mm. and you know, your team could still lose, and you could still win, or your team could actually freaking win, so I I love where your head's at. Before we go, we let's give the fans the parlay. This is called the 3NP segment, so uh, Dan, you got a parlay for us? Yeah, I do. Um, Sunday night football. You, you kind of figured I was, I was going to say Sunday. I'm like, yeah, Dan. All the Sunday guys night football, because you know you and me are always having the golf v. Dak conversation. They, meaning the Rams, are opening up their new stadium in their, in their palatial Los Angeles home. They're not playing in the Coliseum constructed in ancient Roman times anymore. They're going to be playing in their new place. So... The line is Rams plus. It's Rams plus three. Okay. And it's over under 51 and a half. So, so, so I am the taking Rams. the Rams plus three. Okay. And I am going under 51 and a half. And you want to know why? I'd love to know why you're going under. 
Because... I, I, I kind of like the Rams bet, to be completely honest with you. Well, thank you. Um, I feel like the Rams... So the Rams just signed Ramsey, coincidentally enough, to a very <laughs> large deal, and I think they're going to expect a lot of him this year. Uh, they have an outstanding defense, the Rams do. I feel like the Rams just have a little bit of a confidence problem. When they don't see things going their way, they get you know discouraged, and then things kind of go off the rails. But we got the brand. We got the brand new. Um, we got the brand new season this year. They're opening up their own building. I feel like they're going to come out. They're going to play hard. They're going to stack uh, a lot of guys in the box and try to make Zeke beat them. I'm sorry to to stop Zeke and then try to make Dak beat them over the top. You know they got Ramsey. They got uh, a good secondary. Uh, Roby Coleman back there. I think that they're going to make a good, uh, you know, run at the first game of the season. So I'm going to take them to cover three, and I don't think it's going to be as high-scoring as everybody thinks. You know, we're staring here at a 51-and-a-half line, which in the NFL standards is very high. So uh, I am going Rams plus three, under 51-and-a-half. Kevin's doing a, uh, a a team check for me on Roby Coleman, and now he's showing that he's not even on that team anymore. He's on the Eagles. But he was the infamous pass interference guy for the for the Saints game a few years ago. Anyway, they still got Aaron Donald. They got Jalen Ramsey. They're going to keep it up. Give me the Rams. I lean towards the over in that game, but that's just my personal opinion. Well, that's fine. Stop jumping into my 3 and P segment. Okay. My parlay is the Buffalo Bills. Minus 6.5 and, and over 39.5. Uh, as I had mentioned before... The Jets are a train wreck. I'm very down the Jets this year with their shaky O-line and their thin wide receivers, and they lost their two defensive players. And the Bills have a great defense. So if the Jets can't score on that great defense, I don't see many points. However, I don't love the Bills like everyone else this year, but I think they'll be able to move the ball here, and I think they got playmakers. Obviously, they added Diggs. They still have John Brown. They still have uh, Cole Beasley, tight end, uh, what's his name, Dawson, a couple running backs, uh, and a great defense. So Josh Allen doesn't have to be great. I think they'll be able to move the ball, and I, I really think they're going to run up on the Jets. I'm thinking something like 28-13, 31-14. Mm. Uh, I like the Bills to you know, dominate a little bit. And it's not necessarily a pro Bills. I still pick the Patriots to win the AFC East. I think it's more of an anti Jets bet. That's just more of a history repeating itself bet. Yeah. I think the Jets are going to be terrible. And whether they're playing the Bills or whoever else, I probably would have faded them regardless. So uh, give me the Bills minus six and a half and over 39 and a half for that pretty low number. So, this is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Football is back. Mm-hmm. There's so much going on. There's so much unknown. You know, the puzzle begins to come together in week one of 20 or 21, if we're including playoffs and Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll be looking forward to it. I'll be watching all the games, as I'm sure everyone else listening will. So, uh, anything else to add here, Dan? Nope. I like uh, I like where we're at. I'm hoping that uh, the the season doesn't get interrupted. I mean, I know they're for baseball for the other 
sport that travels. The Cardinals were two and three for about a month. Uh, yeah. Because they had so many guys that were testing positive and their games are getting canceled. And I don't know, with all the traveling and the fact that there's twice as many players on every football team as there are on every baseball team, I just hope that we make it through this season unencumbered. I hope nobody gets sick and, you know, dies. And I just hope that. Jesus. Well, I mean, seriously, I mean, this pandemic has taken almost 200,000 lives. Yeah, but I mean, lives. these guys are all 20-somethings in great eh, shape. It doesn't so. matter, man. It, it has to do with your makeup anyway, but this we're start, This is starting a completely new podcast on a completely different topic. So all I'm saying is I hope that the season goes off without any issues and, uh, you know, it kind of gives uh, America something to be happy and positive about considering what we've been through in, in 2020. Whoever thought that the death of Kobe Bryant in January was going to be the, 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 the least thing that we had to worry about this year. Uh, my God. I got nothing to say to follow that. Thanks for listening. As always, we're at the Rambler and Gambler 4 on Twitter and the Rambler and Gambler at gmail.com. Thank you for listening as always. Enjoy the game. Place the bets. Make some money. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Take care.